I know that in this podcast we usually talk about sports, but in this episode, consider this a cultural lesson. Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Okay. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survival. Uh, yeah. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, Wolves, y'all remember? Yeah. Quick question in sync, who's your favorite remember? Oops, uh, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State. Yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast, episode 128, recorded October the 26th, 2020. My name is Ray Ray. It's been a while, guys, and uh, the last time we had this podcast, um, the NBA season was still going on. The WNBA season was still going on. Now, both are done, obviously, because it's been three weeks since that time. Uh, congrats to Los Angeles Lakers, who have won the 2020 season championship. Uh which took more, which took nearly a year because obviously what happened, there's a pandemic still going on. Uh, they took a four month break and they beat the Miami Heat in six games. So uh, now the Laker fans can, well, they're never going to shut up about it because now they think, oh my God, it's been a long, it's been a long um, drought for them. 10 years before they, when they last won an NBA championship. Like, dude. 10 years is nothing compared to all the other sports teams that have suffered through these droughts, man. But hey, whatever. That's how they've always been. Uh, and the Seattle Storm ran over the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA uh, Finals this year. Um, a three-game sweep. Um, I, like I said it, like I said throughout the season, like they look like the most unstoppable team uh, this season, even though the Las Vegas Aces were the number one seed in the WNBA. But man, that Seattle Storm team is just so deep. Uh, so yeah, for right now, we'll find out more about the NBA and WNBA seasons in the coming weeks or so. I believe the NBA is shooting for a December 22nd start for the season, which will only give them, which will only give the Heat and the Lakers about two a two month break before they can start up again. So I feel like LeBron James will have something to say about that. Um, yeah, so right now the World Series is going on. We're we're gonna talk about it. we're gonna touch on it briefly in this episode, but really, I'm gonna be talking with Jen Ramos. Not Ramos. Shut up, white people. Uh, uh, we're gonna talk about basically our culture, uh, how what we go through as Filipinos, and we're just like, you know, all these attributes that we talk about, whether it's karaoke and basketball and parents or whatever. You know, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about all of that. Um, we will touch on the World Series a little bit because, after all, she does cover. Uh, and write for a b- baseball prospectus, um, so she does a gr- she does a great job on that. Uh, and pretty much that's it. We're just gonna go ahead and talk to Jen. Uh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna take about an hour talking about baseball, Filipino culture, the Bachelorette, the Good Place. We're gonna go through a lot of things here. But just remember that this episode is gonna be very very Filipino. Also, 
Please use the correct pronouns. Please give them respect. I'm still working on that myself. All right? So here's Jen. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Murphy. You're listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast, episode 128. I've done way too many of these things. My guests. They do R&D for Baseball Prospectus. Also, they're a fellow Filipino, so y'all gonna listen to us whine about our parents. And I'm gonna say their name the correct way, not the white person way. Their name is Jen Ramos. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Going all right. See, Love it. see, the thing is, it's like it's bothered me so much. I think I heard it on Star Search first or whatever, but like I heard the name. I heard it was pronounced Ramos. I was kind of like, no, it's not pronounced that way. Why do you pronounce it that way? So I'm just like, I'm going to pronounce it the correct way. Yes, so. like that's that's something that I've had to deal with my entire life, which is weird. I born and raised in California. Mm-hmm. You would think that people know how to pronounce it as Ramos. Yeah. Nope. The entire time I keep hearing Ramos, and I'm like, how do you not know how to pronounce Ramos in California? <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, does doesn't like some Latino people have that too, right? I believe so. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. So. You would think that in a place where like majority of people have a Spanish name, yeah. you would know how to pronounce it as Ramos, <laughs> but apparently not. Apparently yeah. not. So, yeah, if I hear someone say Ramos in front of me, I'm nah, I, I, I can't be violent right now. But, you know, it's just so, it's just so bad. It's just awful. Um, you know what's impressive to me thus far, because I've only talked to you for like, what, 23 days or whatever? <laughs> I haven't known you for that long. But you have a you have a great grasp of the Tagalog language, and you said you are born and raised here. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Yeah, I, it was actually my first language, um, Tagalog. Oh, okay. Um, it was my first language, and then, like... Well, I always say, like, I don't know what my first language is. My parents keep telling me, no, it's Tagalog. You learn Tagalog first, and then, like, you learned English a little bit after that. But, like, I learned it at such a young age that I can't differentiate. Um, but at home, I grew up speaking Tagalog, only speaking Tagalog. My parents always insisted on speaking Tagalog to me. Um, when I was bullied for speaking Tagalog in kindergarten and first grade, I came home and I was like, I don't want to speak it anymore because I keep getting bullied. And my mom was like, that's fine, but we're going to keep speaking it to you so that you don't lose the language. Mm-hmm. Nearly 30 years later, my parents never stopped speaking Tagalog to me, so I'm still pretty fluent. See, I'm the same way. Although I was born in San Diego, but I spent my elementary school years in the Philippines. So I was able to get a grasp of the language and uh to this day i can still speak it but i've been losing it a bit more because i obviously speak more english everywhere else but my parents still speak tagalog to me so i never lost that but you know like talking to everyone else it's like well i speak english so you know it's getting a bit harder for me to retain it (laughs) i i know that feeling really well like it was it's very hard for me to find people to talk to to speak tagalog to because i'm like I need to be able to practice and converse. That way I don't lose it. Yeah. And even though my parents still speak Tagalog to me and everything, I'm just like, I need more people to speak Tagalog to. So I just made it a point where I don't care. If the first thought that I have is in Tagalog, I'm going to tweet it in Tagalog. Yeah, I'm automatic that way too, where it's like, okay, if this person's Filipino, I'm going to speak Tagalog regardless. I understand that um, they could understand the language. So... That way, I can I can retain the Tagalog, 
and you know, I because I don't, I don't, I obviously don't want to lose it. I mean, it's pretty cool to be bilingual, you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's why I made it a point when I when I first learned your your Filipino. Obviously, it's, it's easy to tell, but like, um, yeah, I started speaking Tagalog too. It's like, oh, okay, she has to know this, <laughs> right? <Yes>. So, <laughs> this is the music before the music. So, uh, how did you get started in this business, um, sports biz? It was all purely by accident. Really? Um, I, I intended to go to college to be a screenwriter. Um, I wanted to write drama. I wanted to write comedy. I wanted to write for sitcoms. Um, and that never happened. I ended up uh, joining the school newspaper my second year. Um, I ended up really enjoying it and then realizing, oh, I can take this sports writing hobby where I would just write fan posts on SB Nation. I can actually do something from it. And um, I did. Um, I got credentialed in minor league baseball and I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. And then that's that's where I'm at. Have you always watched baseball? Because No, I have not. Yeah, because, like, first of all, being Filipino, you're automatically transferred to basketball. That was my first sport. Obviously. Basketball was my first sport. Yeah. That's the old, one of two sports that I played. I played basketball and street hockey, so I knew Ooh. basketball and hockey the best. Mm. Um, I did not get into baseball until high school, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this on another podcast, actually. I got into baseball partially because I really like math. And that is, like, one of the most stereotypical <laughs> Asian things for me. It's like, I really like math. Uh-huh. Um, and I just remember, like, in high school having to take, like, a um, math placement test so that they know where my um, level is for knowledge of math going into college. And my dad was like... You gotta be. You gotta do well in this test. You're Asian. <laughs> and I was like, "You're using the stereotype against me now." Um, yes. <laughs> um, also, very stereotypical Asian parents to say, "You're Asian. You have to be good at math." Oh my gosh. Um, so I got into baseball because I liked the math aspect of it, and it was like the time when Moneyball just started becoming a thing. Yes. So I got into baseball completely randomly one one postseason and I was like, alright, I'll watch. There's nothing else on and I got hooked because I found out the math aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, because I heard so many things about like advanced stats with baseball that like I really came on baseball first before it got to basketball. So yeah, yeah I, I know nothing about baseball advanced stats like i'm barely like you you saw our friend uh joanne piston fan like she she makes fun of me for just making 90s references baseball on baseball and i'm like <laughs> you don't even need like uh you don't even need to point out baseball for 90s references i do 90s references all the time so <laughs> <laughs> but i mean mm-hmm. as someone who like even works in research and development in baseball i just make a lot of puns on baseball because I can like right. I I can I can talk like a ton of advanced statistics I can talk super knowledgeable about it 
but what I choose to talk about are the puns that I can make for players' names because oh, it's much more relatable than me trying to talk about. Okay, well, if there's this aspect of catching, that means that they're a good catcher. I'm like, not a lot of people want to really read tweets about that unless they're like super nerdy like me. I would rather just make the jokes. Yeah, you know Adam Jacoby, right? Yeah, you do. Yes. You do. Like, he used to be on this podcast just to tell his stories and end with a pun. And I'm just kind of like, why did I do this? <laughs> like, he's always so good at those puns. I think that's where I learned how to pun in the first place. It's following Adam Jacoby's tweets. Oh. And I just remember, I remember um, looking for all of his um, threads on on it and, like, how it ends in pun. I just remember... Um, when I first started dating my husband, I would just read to him all of these threads and see his reaction and see whether or not he would leave just because I got fun. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Adam, by the way. I, I'm, I'll, I'll tell him about this. And it's like, yeah. Uh, Jen Ramos <laughs> took took all the, took inspiration from you. <laughs> Totally. His his threads and puns are legendary. They are. They are. And like I said, I had him I had him as a co host for a bit just so he could do those puns. Just because, that's all. So <laughs> um, Yeah, so uh I've been tr- I've been trying my best to keep up with baseball this season because like um we had nothing better to do, honestly. But <laughs> I mean but I do watch every playoffs. I don't per se watch every like keep up the regular season. Yeah. I just watched the playoffs because um I think it was something playoffs Jessica... are much more fun. Yeah, they are. I think it was something Jessica Kleinschmidt two years ago about this. It's like baseball season's way too long. But yeah. is sixty games way too short? Like what's the what's the what's the good medium here for a baseball season you think? They lost like a hundred and two games this season. Yeah. So like hundred and sixty two games always feels like it drags on too long. Yeah. 60 games is not enough. I would probably say maybe 80 games. 80? That's would, that's a lot fewer than I, that I've heard before. Honestly. I would say like somewhere between 80 to 90 would be a good medium for like... If they had to shorten the season again, 80 would seem a little bit more sufficient. <laughs> yeah, but um, the two best teams, the Dodgers and the Rays, had the best records after 60 games. So it felt, it felt right, I guess. Right? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Like you're at least seeing the two best teams. Yeah, yeah. So a friend was actually whining to me uh, a couple of days ago when when the Dodgers lost Game Four, which we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, <laughs> he was whining about home field advantage, and I'm just kind of like, dude, like there's no home field advantage in baseball right in any sports right now. Why would you talk about this at this point? And by the way, the year before this. None of the home teams won in the World Series. No, they did not. So, like, I, like, they keep saying about home field advantage and hearing the crowd rooting for them and, like, kind of taunting their opponents and everything. And I'm like, sure, maybe that could help a little bit with a player's mentality and, like, how they're feeling about it. But there's no, like, correlation between... (laughs) being pumped up by the crowd and winning because like like you said like home teams have not been really winning world series games recently like it's not a big thing i mean the cubs won on the road in 2016 so 
and the Giants always end up winning the World Series on the road. So <laughs> um, I don't think it's really a big thing. Yeah, and it's not like anyone had an advantage to begin with in this year's in, in any sports this year. It's like they're all playing in a neutral court slash field anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. But yeah, let's go back to Game Four. Like, have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. it. Just makes me crack up because it's like it was so wild. Like, let's see, Brett Phillips makes the hit, and yes. Chris Taylor throws it, uh, like, let uh, drops the ball, and gets it to Max Muncy, who makes an off, who makes the throw that's also kind of off too. And on yep. the way, Randy Randy Rosarita pulls off a Daniel Jones and rolls on the floor. He did a barrel roll. Yeah, he did a barrel roll. Shout out to Star Fox. Um. <laughs> and then he and then he sees the ball get dropped by Will Smith, so he comes home anyway. It's so trippy, and I don't think I've ever seen a game like that. That was probably one of the best endings <laughs> in the World Series in the past decade. Like I've not been watching baseball super long in my life. I yeah. did not get into baseball until I was 16. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a game that exciting in the World Series in a while like one of the things that i remember when i first started watching baseball was like um with the colorado rockies and they were like on the on the verge of whether or not they would make it into the postseason and it all was dependent on whether or not matt holiday touched home plate in a walk-off <laughs> but it was uh, basically did he touch home plate? And that was, like, the most exciting thing. But that was not in the World Series. That was trying to see whether or not they would make it into the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't have the same level of excitement as Game 4 because it was just completely wild off the bat. And you're just like, oh, Brett Phillips. He's a bench player. You don't really know if he's going to get a hit. He hasn't gotten a hit in the postseason yet. He was 0 for 2. Um, this is his, his first postseason ever, I believe. Um, so, like, you're not really expecting much there. And you've got Kenley Jansen on the mound. And Kenley Jansen has been pretty solid this postseason. Like, he's definitely had a lot of hiccups. But maybe in, like, the last series, like, it, and also towards the end of the NLCS, against Atlanta he's like a little bit more solid you could rely on him a little bit so like you see him here and you're like oh maybe he can shut it down again this time or it could be another game with hiccups and it was a game of hiccups <laughs> um, to say it lightly um, and then you got Brett Phillips up and you're like okay Kenley Jansen's been good Brett Phillips is like 0 for 2 in the postseason you're not really expecting much and then you know he drives the ball into right center field Chris Taylor bobbles it a bit, throws it to Max Muncy, who throws it down the line. Kevin Kiermeyer scores, and then Randy Rosarina does the barrel roll, and you're like, does he touch home plate? And he does. Oh, man. And that entire play, you're just like, what? Did that, that just happen? And, like, I can hear it in the, like, the full Filipino anti-voice right now. It's like, I know what you know, it's like I don't think I've watched a replay of a baseball play that many times, honestly. Because I went back and watched it like probably five or six times after yeah. it happened. It's insane. 
I, I've definitely watched it that many times, and I've watched it, like, from all the different angles and everything, and I'm just like, how did this happen? This is, like, one of the best moments in sports because it's so bonkers and unexpected, and, like, I feel really bad for the Dodgers because you don't really ever want to see sad Clayton Kershaw, but what a great moment in sports. Yeah. But hey, Clayton Kershaw came back the next game and, you know, pitched a really solid game, game five. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, that, the whole Clayton Kershaw can't win a game in the postseason narrative can, you know, <laughs> go off and die. He's had two great starts in the World Series where he shut down the Rays. So, it's like, uh, narrative should be shut down because he's actually really good at baseball. And in the postseason, too. You know, I can't wait. Okay, say the Dodgers win the World Series uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever, right? And uh, <laughs> I can't wait in, like, 2030 when people say, Oh, Clayton Kershaw's one of the greatest postseason uh, baseball pitchers of all time. He's the leader in strikeouts. He won a World Series. When before that, <laughs> before that, everybody just is like, Oh, my God, what a choker. Sports are funny, man. Seriously. Sports, it's a a narrative. It's always going to be for the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I have a lot of... I I don't really have a loyalty to a baseball team per se, but I have a lot of Dodger... uh, Dodger... uh, Friends that root for the Dodgers, and all they keep telling me is how awful Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen are in the postseason. (laughs) That's all I hear. Which is... Absurd, because, like, if you actually look at Clayton Kershaw's stats in the postseason, he's actually good. Yeah. He's actually really good. Mm-hmm. It's just also, you know, in 2017, they faced a team with a bunch of cheaters. Um, and it's been on the record and proven that the Dodgers got robbed of a World Series in 2017 because the team cheated. Um, so Clayton Kershaw would have a ring by now if not for the fact they were up against a team that cheated. And if you look at Kershaw's stats in that postseason, like, you can see that he did have a good start, and then, you know, the Astros cheated and figured out what pitches he was going to throw. Um, so I feel like you could just keep, if someone says, like, oh, but Clayton Kershaw chokes in the postseason. Yeah, well, they were also up against a team that cheated. <laughs> Somebody bagged the trash cans. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So hopefully, um, just so my friends who root for the Dodgers can shut up. I hope they win on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's all. That's yes. all really. Like, and I like Tampa Bay. Like, again, I don't have a loyalty towards any baseball team, but just for the sake of it, just for the sake of my sanity, I just want the Dodgers to win, just so we can get it over with. Hi, this is Katie Forbes from Twitter, and you are listening to Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. From Twitter, <laughs> that's hilarious. From Twitter, yep. Like, yeah. like that's like a, like I'm like a celebrity, but instead it's a social platform <laughs> with like millions of people on it. Oh my gosh, I got suckered into watching The Bachelor on Tuesday night too. What the heck? <clears throat> <laughs> I have never watched the bat. I, I, now I'm talking about this now. I have never watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette until last Tuesday. Did you know that? No, I did not. I've only ever watched it once or twice. 
when I was at a California League colleague's um, <laughs> house, and we were just, you know, just watching something before a game, and it was, no, after a game, it was a bachelorette, and I was like, I've never seen this before. Wow, what a mess this is. Yeah, well. Why can't I stop watching? <laughs> See, because I want, so a, a friend, I'm not going to say her name, <clears throat> Delby Burgess, <clears throat> uh, she basically suckered me to get to watch The Bachelorette last week after baseball, and now it's like, okay, now to see this through, now to watch the rest of the season, because I want to see what kind of mess everyone gets into here. It's, yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. But hey, you know, that's, what, that's why we watch people, so that they can get into these messes and try to solve it on their own, I guess. Right. Also, it's a mess that you're not involved in directly. Yeah, that's true. I'm not one of the bachelors. And by the way, like, just the thought of, like, 30 dudes going after one woman in, like, a, a, a fixed period of time is kind of messy to begin with. I wouldn't want that. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. It's, I don't know what kind of, what kind of drugs or alcohol they were on trying to come up with this idea like I know White Claw did not exist when the Bachelor and Bachelorette started so it's like you can't just say like oh yeah we were pounding White Claws and just came up with this idea for a show and it worked it's like what how do you get to the point where it's like yeah let's have 30 people fighting for one person and put it on TV it's like you, you that's not a sober idea yeah, and then I, I saw that episode where uh, this woman is going to be dating five of these guys at the same time, like, for, like, an hour or two or whatever. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I feel so slutty. <laughs> I feel like it's different if it's, like, private and it's just, like, one person maybe talking to a couple people and trying to see, like, what's the best course of action. But, like, it's different if it's, like, two or three people versus 30 and on TV. Like, there's a difference. Like, I don't, I don't care what a person does in their private time, in their private life, not on air. But it's their mess. I don't have to be involved in it. But when you're putting on on TV, I'm going to be involved in it. You know what my pops would say? He'd probably be like, you'd better go on that show so they can finally get married for for once. Jeez. Because I'm, I'm 40. I'm going to be 42 in November. I'm still single. And my pops desperately wants me to get married. And by the way, the woman probably has to be Filipino too. Yeah, that that sounds like a Filipino parent. That yep. very much sounds like it. Yep. I, <laughs> like I, I got married at 27. Um, did not tell my parents for many months. Um... When they told me, they were like, oh, we expected this. I was like, okay, good. Uh, now I'm, I was at the point where I was like, now please don't ask me when I'm going to have children because I'm not, I'm not ready for that discussion. Just leave me alone for a bit. And, like, my cousin started asking me, like, oh, so when are you going to have kids? Because they knew that I'd been with my husband since, like, 2015. And it's just more like, oh, so uh, now you guys have been together, like, three years like this was three years into it they're like when are you uh thinking about having kids they, they skipped over the whole are you getting married part to when are you gonna have kids you've been with him for like three years now and i was like 
okay, I guess. Um, this is not even a conversation I've had with him, but sure. Uh, let's talk about this, I guess. People, they, they, they want to be aunties. People are so rude. Like, I didn't even know that was a rude thing until, like, a decade ago. But, like, now that I think about it, it's like, man, that's so rude. Yeah. And I'm just like, I I don't even want to talk about this right now. <laughs> like, they were, asking, they were asking me at the time when I was, like, 25, and I was like, I'm 25. I'm just starting a career. Can I get my career started first? Thanks. Got, uh, got things to do before I think about children. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that my pops wants is that, like, because, like, my dad's really, really old, and I think he wants to see all his kids have children. And I'm like, dude, I need to get a girlfriend first, and by the way, you didn't even like my girlfriends to begin with, because I have, I've had two. One is Korean, and one is white. So, those are my two ex-girlfriends, and he liked neither of them. Because, of course, they're not Filipino, duh! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the one of the Korean girlfriend lasted like four years, and I think he was warming up to that idea now, by, by, by that point, and then we broke up, and they got mad at me. <laughs> it's like, okay. Sure, totally normal reaction. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, it is a very normal reaction for Filipino parents. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's how that's how they are, and I'm sorry I didn't become a, a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever high-paying job you think it is or whatever, you know? I I definitely got that one, too. Um, yep. See, for my my grandfather, who is a radiologist, my mother is a doctor as well. My dad is a doctor as well. My cousins, uh, I have two cousins who are studying to be doctors in the Philippines. On my mom, on my dad's side here in the states it's all doctors nurses engineers um and then there's me um i work for a non-profit for a career i work as a journalism educator um and i also do social justice education as a career uh which is a big drastic change from all the medical people in my family yeah yeah. Um, I, I've got the, why don't you go to med school? And I was like, I do not want to go to med school. I don't want to be in school that long. I know that I'm good at the sciences. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. My, my pops was so strict back in the day because, like, I, I'm, I am a, also a gamer. But in high school, not, not, even going to elementary school, I could not play video games on the weekdays. It sucked. <laughs> it sucked so much, and I could I had to wait till Friday to play Mario Brothers or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I've had a weird, strange upbringing in where like my parents were fine with my brother playing N sixty four whenever we were homeschooled. So it's like, All right, have you done your homework yet? Yes. Have you done it for the whole day? Yes. Okay, you can go play video games. Um, but it was also like the very super Filipino Catholic upbringing. Um, so a lot of whatever content we consumed had to be 
in accordance to that. But then I was also told when I was like 12, maybe it was like, question everything you learn in the Bible. And I was like, wait, what? I, I don't know what's going on here anymore. I thought we were like super Catholic. And my dad is just like, no, question everything you learn. You're in Catholic school. We're Catholic, but question everything. And I was like, wow. oh, this is this this will go great. <laughs> and then I picked up a bunch of punk albums from the 70s and that just went to hell. <laughs> Being told, question everything. And then listening to Patti Smith singing Jesus died for someone's sins, but not mine. I was like, okay, well, all bets are off. Now I'm going to be the disaster in Catholic school. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if if I if I told myself, like, if I'm ever going to be a parent, God forbid, I'm not going to be like my parents, basically. So, because... That's, that's, always, that's always, always the case. It's like, like if I'm going to be a parent, I don't want to be like my parents. And then you notice, like, even without kids, they're like, oh, God, I'm becoming my parents. Yeah. And it's terrible. And, like, that's the other thing. Is like, because I mentor um, a lot of teenagers, like, I feel like I'm doing a little... I feel like I'm acting like a parent sometimes, which is strange because they're just, like, 10 years younger than me. Um, but then I notice, like, I'm acting a little bit more like my dad, and I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's like, okay, I'm not the healthiest eater, right? I'm not. I, I'll admit that, whatever. But, you know, ever since I started getting groceries for my pops, this pandemic, I've noticed we eat the same. And I'm like, oh, no. I am like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when he told me to get, like, freaking um, spam and corned beef, like a 24-pack or whatever, I'm just kind of like, oh, my God. God, he's worse than I am. <laughs> I like spam and corned beef just fine, but my gosh, a 24-pack. Yeah, I I look exactly like my dad. Um, we have a very similar personality, so like I, I grew up thinking, oh God, I'm basically like my dad. Um, every person I've met who like a family friend, they're like, oh my god, you look so much like your dad. My co-workers met my parents, my co-workers and my boss met my parents for the first time last year, and my co-worker was just like, you look so much like your dad, and I was like, yep, been getting this my whole life. Um, and But then I started noticing that I, like, picked up a lot of my mom's mannerisms, and my mom's a pretty good cook, um... So I've been asking her for a lot of recipes so that my husband and I can make it. And my husband started making a lot of those recipes, which I'm grateful for. He's not Filipino. He's white. Um, but he loves Filipino food more than white people food, which is nice. Uh, his, his family is Jewish, and they do make some good food. But he prefers to have Thanksgiving with my side of the family because they're, he said that the food is better. <laughs> I can't blame him for that. We've got lechon. Uh, oh, so good. So, like, while I'm cooking and, like, cooking my mom's recipes, I notice that I'm, like, doing everything the same way she does. 
And I'm like, when did I become my mom? When did I become both my parents all at once? Most terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've become a combination of the two of them. And I know that's usually what is a child, you know, the product, like a combination of two people. I just didn't expect it to actually see it happening in action. Mm-hmm. And that's a frightening thought. So so I tweeted years ago when I was, because I lived in Oregon for a little bit. I was visiting my parents in California, in Southern California about a few years ago. And uh, <laughs> I noticed, like, Britney Spears' video one more time was on, or whatever. You know, it's 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 just on. My dad was dancing to it, and I'm like, oh, what the heck, right? So I tweeted it out, like, yeah, my pops is dancing to Britney Spears right now, baby, one more time. And then my friends were just like, this makes so much sense why you're like this. And I'm like, oh, I'm like my dad. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Like I never, I never really pictured that. I look back, I look back at when he was taking me to taking me to school. Like we'd have, you know, '90s hip hop on or whatever, and he'd be dancing to it. And it's like this makes so much sense now. It does. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm a goofball like my dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the other thing. Like my mom, she, I, the very distinct. This is gonna be the most '90s thing that I can say right about now um one of my biggest memories and this is how i discovered spice girls um, <laughs> sorry i was in the middle of a blockbuster yeah and i was looking for different videos i was trying to see like okay is there like anything good out like can i rent a video game for my n64 like what am i gonna do i'm a blockbuster this is great. I'm going to get candy. Um, <laughs> and I'm just, like, browsing the aisles of Blockbuster as a child does when they're in a Blockbuster. Yes. And my mom just starts dancing out of nowhere. And my dad is trying to, like, contain her and be like, no, no, we're in public. <laughs> oh, my God. And then... um my dad asked the guy behind the counter, he's like, okay, what is this song? He's like, oh, it's Spice Girls. It's called Wannabe. Um, and I just remember that second my dad was like, okay, we'll get the CD. <laughs> See, people don't realize this because we have so many variety shows in the Philippines and they're mostly like song and dance. Like everybody wants to sing and dance in the Philippines. Yeah. Like that. That's us. <laughs> that is pure Filipino. Because, like, I remember my parents put me in choir that same year of the <laughs> Blockbuster Spice Girls incident. Um, and then, like, I, I just remember we were, like, at work last year. Um, I we had, like, this little, like, icebreaker thing going on. And it was, like, a... Um, team building thing and um, we basically had to use whatever we were learning in the workshop and then try and incorporate it into song and dance and trying to like be able to coordinate and work as a team. Um, So um, decided to use 
journeys don't stop believing. Um, <laughs> everyone started trying to sing and everything, and then I started singing. Everyone looks at me and they're like, Jen, didn't know that you could sing. Like, I'm Filipino. <laughs> of course I can sing. <laughs> Dude, like, that's the thing. Like, I remember when uh, I went with, with, um, a bunch of riots for NBA Summer League for karaoke, right? And we sang, I sang uh, Kiss from a Rose with uh, Zach Harper. And, uh, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And then I, I, saw, I, I see people talking, it's like, oh, Ray's so good, why? Or whatever, right? And it's like, oh, he's Filipino, of course he is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. And it- it's always funny to me when people are so amazed that I can sing, and I'm like, I'm I'm Filipino, like, of course I can sing. Why wouldn't I be able to sing? Like, this is in my DNA. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if I were not in any way musical, I would be disowned for not being actually Filipino. And I remember um, being put into piano lessons when I was maybe four or five, and then I remember being put into choir, um, I did musical theater when I was 13, I think that's also one of the biggest, I, okay, being, do, doing musical theater for me, I can't tell if that's me being Filipino or me being extremely queer, I think it's both, like, that's probably the queerest Filipino thing I could do, is do musical theater the same year that pop punk becomes like a really big thing with My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy. So I was just a disaster at that point being a, fil- a queer Filipino punk. Um, but also probably the most Filipino thing that I could do is take all these pop punk songs and learn how to do jazz dancing to it in a musical theater setting. I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, I have, I have like, all the Filipino stereotypes. Like, I just tweeted you just right now, but, like, of course I do karaoke. Uh, I like basketball. I like spam. Like, it's so super Filipino of me. Like, <laughs> and, and like, like I said, like, all we want to do is sing and dance. Like, every, okay, um, you, have you been to those, like, um, gatherings, whether it's, like, a, a after a, like, you know, like, a, like a part, a Filipino old per- people party or whatever, and all they want to do is um, uh, do country line dancing with Billy Ray Cyrus and all that stuff. <laughs> I have definitely been to those, and I've been to the ones where it's a mix of that and then like a bunch of the aunties pull up tables and play mahjong. Yeah. So you you yes. get like the line dancing and the mahjong at the same time, and you don't know where you're supposed to go. Okay, tell me this. I guess Generation X or whatever, but like their favorite karaoke song is "Nothing's Gonna Change My Love for You" by Glimmerdinos. <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? Yep. My auntie also loved to sing Mambo Number no. Five, which I I'm pretty sure a lot of Filipinos <laughs> sing too. Yes, absolutely. And um, what was the other song? Older Filipino dudes, probably before Generation X, uh, the generation before that, they love Rosanna by Toto. Yes, they do. <laughs> See? I got that down. <laughs> <laughs> Those are spot on. My sister loves seeing that he's going to change my love for you. 
all the time, like, and be over her place in Vallejo, and she's always singing that song every day by herself. <laughs> <laughs> are are they the kind of people who have the karaoke mics right under their TV in the living room? Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I live with my brother, and they haven't touched the karaoke machine in the longest time. But it's just there. It's there. It's always there. Yeah, yeah. My my Ninang in uh, SoCal, uh, whenever I go visit her, um, always just see the karaoke mic right under the TV. And it's always ready there, and it's always like, oh, do you want to do karaoke? It's all set up already. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Every single time, yeah. Um, that's the thing. It's like nobody's surprised when I tell them. It's like, oh, what do you do on Tuesday night? Go like, oh, karaoke. It's like, oh, no one's surprised at all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it's just like, yeah, that, that's basically Filipino. Like, like the um, in the tweet you sent me, like, of course you do karaoke. Of course you like basketball and band. That's just what a Filipino is at this point. And I'm pretty sure I'm at this point where like. A lot of people know what ube is just because <laughs> I tweet about it yes. a lot. Uh-huh. Um, like my my mom has always told me growing up, like if I could consist of any type of food, it would be ube. Has <laughs> not changed in 29 years. I am Filipino, of course. I like ube and halo halo, and I will just keep eating. Everything ube. I even made my husband try it and like it because I said I am not getting rid of this ube. If you don't like it, I might have an issue. <laughs> Thankfully, he tried ube ice cream. He actually really liked it, and then he started eating all my ube ice cream. So that's a different problem. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like, oh, now you're angry about this. Did you watch it? Backfired on me. Hey guys, it's Pamela Horton, Miss October 2012, and you are listening to Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. Did you watch The Good Place on NBC? I did, yes. So we know Manny Asinto. He's Filipino. Yes. Yeah. Of course he's a b-boy and a DJ. Of course he is. I was telling people about this, white people, that like, you know, yeah, I said, of course he's a b-boy and a DJ. Like, what's a b-boy? I'm like, oh my God, you don't know what this is. Breakdancer. We do this a lot in high school. My brother was a break dancer. I wasn't, but yeah. (laughs) It was so Filipino, and I just remember when I was watching Good Place, I was like, he seems Filipino. I looked it up, he is. Mm. And I'm just watching it, and I was like, oh my god, he's the most Filipino right now. And I was like, yep, that's it. That is on brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. (laughs) By the way, a Sinto is my dad's name, so that's that, that kind of goes along with it, too. <laughs> um, and, and as most Filipinos know, if you know a Filipino with the same name, there's got to be some common common denominator there. Like, oh, maybe you're from, from the same province. Maybe you have a friend who knows each other. There's something. That's just how Filipinos work. Yeah. And I brought this up on Twitter. It's like, dude, like we probably could be related, too. We're yeah. probably we're probably third fourth cousins or something. That that yeah. is how being Filipino works most yep. of the time. Like exactly. I I remember 
one of my uncles telling me how he was in a casino in Vegas once and he just started talking to this woman a um, couple slots uh, to his side and they just started talking about being Filipino and what province they're from um, and then my uncle mentions oh my mom's family is from Cavite and then it turns out like oh they're they might have also been from Cavite and then it turns out like families know each other <laughs> totally normal thing to have happen in Las Vegas thousands yeah. of miles away but there is a big population of Filipinos in Las Vegas yes um, but it's also just like yeah of course that would happen that's just how it works in being Filipino it's like you find out they're from the same province or from a neighboring province I <laughs> Um, I was talking to someone who's on the Philippine national baseball team, uh-huh. um, because I, one of my biggest things is to be able to report on the Philippine national baseball team, because that's just not a, a common thing in the Philippines. Like, like you said, it's basketball mostly, and my yes. dad always says, like, growing up for him, it's basketball and soccer. Yeah. Um... So, of course, I want to report on Philippine national baseball team making it to the World Baseball Classic qualifiers because that's a big thing. And I'm talking to um, a member of the team. And so we're talking, like, different provinces, you know, we're from. Um, And he starts talking about, like, oh, I'm not from Cavite, but um, I'm from close by um, and then we start talking and it turns out he went to school with my cousin <laughs> he knows my cousin to the point where they're friends on Facebook wow I mean it's just freaky how these things happen right and I'm just like this is how being Filipino yeah. is yeah. it's like I'm talking to someone who could be a source for a story. Turns out, like, I figured from his profile, he went to the same college as my other cousin, who is that <laughs> cousin's older sister. Um, turns out they don't know each other, but my other cousin, who's younger, went to high school with him. I was like, yeah, this is normal. I, I did not even blink an eye there. I was like, yeah, this tracks. <laughs> Yeah, and I told you about, like, uh, when I was visiting a friend at an anime convention, and then his girlfriend was, is, is Filipino, and I saw her last name, and I was like, oh, boy, I bet the chances are that she's related to my neighbor in the Philippines. <laughs> sure enough, they're cousins. <laughs> and that's insane, because that's my neighbor, too. Like, my neighbor in the Philippines, in a small little town in in a province it, it, it's crazy to me that it happens like that but again you mentioned it's just so Filipino of us yeah yeah, yeah. it is just like I I will be able to find something it's like oh same same college do you know this person oh no I don't oh but the college that you went to is also like the same um it's like the high school that you went to is on the same campus as a college. Do you know th- this cousin? Oh, I do know the cousin. You're batchmates. And it's like, this is how it works. This is how being Filipino is. And it's like, 
Oh, well, how do you know him? Oh, he's my cousin. Yeah. Sure. I betcha. We'll find out in two months we're related somehow. <laughs> somehow it's going to happen like that. It's like, oh, yeah, my dad knows your dad. That Or something like that. Would not be surprised. Yeah. Would not be surprised. Yeah, and of course, you know, you're going to be invited to all these Filipino gatherings where there's like 200 people that we never even met. And we started doing country line dancing in Mahjong. Yep, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, part of why my husband and I decided on essentially eloping and having a small wedding in a random park in Philadelphia because with 10 people because we were like, my family, my dad's side is 50 people alone. That's not including extended family. If I count my entire mom's side, my mom's dad's side in the Philippines, that's 100 people. And then we take my mom's mom's side, that's another 50 people. That's 200 people just for my family alone at a wedding. I was like, I am not doing that. I don't want to deal with that. I also know that parts of these families will not get along with each other. And I know that I'm going to have to invite more random Filipino people that my family know to this wedding. And I was just like, I said to my husband, do you want to see 200 people arguing about Mahjong and who gets the last lechon? Or do you just want to elope? Yeah. And he was like, I see where you're coming from. We'll elope. That seems easy. <laughs> Did yeah. not have to deal with having to pay for everything, um, which is, which in this economy is probably the greatest thing. I will take a two hundred dollar wedding, <laughs> <laughs> and most of that was for the wedding license. And my family was upset because they couldn't have the two hundred people fighting over Mahjong. I was like, well. You can still just be 200 people fighting Mahjong without me having to pay for a wedding. You do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think my dad's side alone, it's like, I know he has like nine siblings, and I, ha I have 24 cousins on that side alone. That sounds about right. Yeah, and my mom's side, my mom has four siblings, but then, like, one of their sisters had, like, ten kids. So it's, like, <laughs> insane numbers, you know? And that that doesn't even include, like, second cousins or whatever that we somehow yeah. will treat them as first cousins anyway. Like, it's just an insane amount. And, uh, like, when one of, whenever one of my cousins gets married, like, they always want to know, like, when, because it's like we're all going to get invited anyway. And everyone's going to get yep. drunk. And everyone's going to do country line dancing. I don't think there's going to be any mahjong, though. But, yeah. And, of course, <laughs> I'll have a cousin sing or whatever. Or my brother sing. Because that's how it is. Yep. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking about, like... On my mom's side, people just skipped over the... Oh, when are you getting married? When they found out that I was dating someone and that I moved in with him and they were all like oh so this is serious when are you having kids and I was like we didn't even get to the marriage part we've been together three years I don't know if that's long enough to even start talking about having kids I feel like 
okay, maybe talking about like actually legally committing to each other, we'll we'll go with that first. But then on my dad's side, it was like five years into it and they start asking, so when are you getting married? And I was like, well, okay, well, this at least makes more sense, especially since like we've been together five years, but I was also secretly, secretly married at that point. <laughs> Man. Maybe I got secretly married because I didn't want to have to deal with these questions anymore. It's, I mean, that's just how it is, right? That's, we're just Filipino. This is how Filipinos work. I always say, as a joke, I'm just carrying on family tradition, having been the person who eloped, because my grandparents eloped, my parents eloped, I eloped, and I think that's because they didn't, they all just know what Filipino families are like. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to rudely ask someone else when they're having kids. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This has been a very Filipino podcast. So, <laughs> Jen, where can we find you on social media and everything? And all your uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jen MacRamos. <laughs> she said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to say it right. Yes. Uh, we can find you at Baseball Prospectus, right, as well? Yep, all my writings are baseball prospectus. Um, all my very random tweets are at, at Jen Mac Ramos, where I will usually be tweeting something about Ube or just yelling at people in Tagalog because they don't understand it and I can get away with it. I should do that more often, honestly. I don't yell enough at Tagalog on Twitter. Every time every time I'm dealing with a problematic white person, I just start talking in Tagalog because I know that even... Google does not know how to translate yes. Sus Mariosa. <laughs> so I will say, Sus Mariosa putang ina mo. And Google cannot translate it because it's like, oh, swear words bad. <laughs> it's great. No, normally I bleep out swear words here, but I cannot, I cannot bleep that one out. Because they have no idea what that means. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Find me on Twitter at the Nolok Pass. Subscribe to this podcast. Ray Ray is fundamental on every podcast platform where you can find it, whether it's Apple or iHeartRadio or Stitcher, whatever. Um, I think that's it. So that's Jen. They're very Filipino. <laughs> I'm Ray Ray. So am I. Talk to you guys later. Game over, yeah! Hashtag Blame Ray Ray. <laughs>